Hello everyone. It's such a privilege to be a follower of Jesus. And one of the things I'm continually thankful to God for is that he gives us this mysterious, wonderful, sometimes infuriating, always challenging, confusing, enlightening, life-giving collection of writings uh, that we get to call the Bible. And as we do every week at Church Central, uh, today I'm going to look at a passage in the Bible and we're going to see how we can best live in the good of it today. And that passage is found in the New Testament, in the uh, biography of Jesus that we call Matthew, often called a gospel, Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. And the speaker is Jesus. This is what he says. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting, except your father, who knows what you do in private, and your father, who sees everything, will reward you. Yep, today we are talking about fasting. Now, my guess would be that most of us would know what fasting is. And I imagine as well, probably, that for many of us, our response to this topic might be quite similar as well. And it might go something like this. Well, fasting seems interesting. Uh, hats off to anyone who will do it. Good job to you. But it's not really for me. Now, I guess that might very well be your response uh, if you're not a Christian or not from any religious tradition uh, today. And if that's you, I hope I can shine some light on this kind of uh, this practice. This might seem a bit weird and exotic. But basically, if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, the main thing I'd like to say is thanks so much for tuning in. I, I hope this encourages you and uh, I, I guess probably to lay my cards on the table. I hope it encourages you not just about fasting, but to uh, think about how um, following Jesus might look in your own life. And we'd love you to continue that conversation uh, with any Christian friends you know. But if you'd like to uh, continue conversation about the Christian faith, please feel free to get hold of uh, some of the Church Central team by emailing the uh, address that, that is on the screen right now. Um, uh, yeah, just great to see you here. What's funny, though, is that even if you are a Christian, my guess would be that your response might be uh, quite similar. Most people that I've talked to uh, in our church anyway would not fast regularly and many would never have done it or even never even seriously considered doing it, except possibly in some school sponsored event when they were very young. So basically, my job is simple today. And by simple, I don't mean it's easy to achieve. Uh, I mean that it's easy to explain. What I want you to want to do today is I want to win you over to fasting. Um, and just to ease you in, to set the tone and perhaps put your mind at, at rest, I'm not going to be going for a, a big fat, thus saith the Lord sort of approach today. It's not, you better do this or else. And it's going to be more carrot than stick, uh, I think. My basic argument is going to be this, that I see that people fast in the Bible. I fast. I know many other Christians who fast. And in all of the cases that I can see, it does these people the world of good. And I simply don't want you to miss out on that. And I don't think Jesus does either. So let's get right into it then. I guess the first question to ask is, let's look a bit more seriously at what is fasting itself? Well, easy way to answer that question would be to think of uh, what it would have meant for the first hearers of Jesus. For the people Jesus was talking to, it would have been pretty specific. Fasting meant going without food or possibly without food and water for a certain period of time as an act of religious devotion. Now, with that said, though, 
Fasting today, when we use the word, can look very different to different people. Now, obviously, different religions fast in different ways. Uh, but even in Christianity, different people fast from different things for different lengths of time in different ways as well. And the reason for that is probably that in the Bible, it doesn't give us lots of detail about how we should fast or even why we should fast. And because of this, later on, what I'm going to do is, is uh, get a few more people into the mix uh, who are going to share their own experiences of fasting. And as you'll hear, while there'll be uh, large similarities there, there'll also be slight differences as well. But until then, I just want to make clear what I'm going to be talking about when I use the word fasting. And I'm going to be using the reference point of my own experience of fasting, I guess. When I fast, I would fast from food, but I would drink roughly the same things as normal. And my practice in this area is for a day at a time, usually, although on the odd occasion I might extend that. And uh, just please hear me, I'm not saying that is the only way to fast. And I'm certainly not saying that's the best way to fast. That is just how I do it. And that will be my kind of default reference point today, I guess. Now, pretty much every time I've spoken on fasting, uh, a question that comes up almost immediately would be, wait a minute, that's uh, fasting from foods one thing, but can't we fast from other things too for a period of time? Maybe take a break from Netflix or social media or TV or computer games or something like that. And they say, look, look, is that something I could do? And um, in, in a sense, I'd reply, well, you can do what you like, <laughs> not knock yourself out. Of course you can. And uh, those fasts um, could be very, very helpful um, and very wise thing to do. Um, and they could do a number of the things uh, that that a fast from food does as well. I, I think that is the case. But look, without wanting to sound awkward and pedantic, I would like to underline the fact that that is not what fasting means in the Bible. And so while giving up those things for a period of time might well do you good, I'd just say, well, why not fast from food and drink as well at another time? I'm not going to spend long on this, uh, but if I could offer one reason for that encouragement, it would be this. One of the things that fasting does is it expresses our dependency upon God. God is not something that we just want. He's someone that we need. And therefore, showing our dependency on him is far better suited when we uh, to an activity where we give up something that we need. Your body needs food and water than just giving up something that we quite like. Netflix, social media, etc. Now, for some of you, I would recognize uh, that fasting from food and drink, going without those things for any ex uh, extended period of time is medically hazardous. For example, if you're diabetic and for you, I'd be very hesitant about um, food and drink fasting. And just to say, if there's uh, any of the stuff today, uh, especially when we get on later to longer fasts, um, if there are medical concerns there, please uh, talk to others you would know about that sort of stuff. I, I wouldn't want you to go and do something that's uh, reckless to your body's heart, uh, to, to, to your body's safety in that way. And if you do have those medical conditions, uh, in that case, I, I would urge you to think about fasting in other terms rather than food or drink. But with that said, for the, for the vast majority of us, uh, it's got to be noted that fasting for, for, from food, even for a few days, actually, is not going to adversely affect your health at all. In fact, some medical pro professionals would um, advocate fasting because of its health benefits. So uh, for, for most of you, then, I'm going to be talking about fasting as Jesus would have talked about it, um, food or, or water or both. Now, it's got to be said, though, that not only does the Bible not 
tell us how to fast or why to fast. There's actually not one place in the Bible where the Christians are told that we must fast even. So probably the obvious question would be, well, why bother? Sounds like a lot of hassle. Uh, If I'm not told to do it, why should I? Well, this passage tells us the answer and it's very, very simple, but I think we need to dwell on it because it's pretty compelling. The reason is this, because God will reward you. In the passage we read in verse 18, and your father who sees everything will reward you. Now, this is not the first time uh, in the Sermon on the Mount this exact phrase has come up. In fact, it's in chapter six. It's not even the second time it's come up. This is the third time in this chapter uh, this exact phrase has been used. And it's been used when Jesus has been talking about giving to the needy and to praying as well as fasting. And I think it would be good uh, to keep the whole context of what's going on in this part of the Sermon on the Mount uh, in mind as we address fasting, because actually fasting is kind of part of a package. It doesn't really stand alone. So what's happening uh, in the Sermon on the Mount? Well, let's zoom out right to to the whole sermon. Do you remember uh, towards the start where Jesus encouraged us to live lives that are very good and also that are actually very public? Chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. We're to live our Jesus following spirit filled lives, uh, as Jesus says in verse 16. So our good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise our heavenly father. So he addresses our lives and says, look, there's a public facing element to our lives. But then in this section of the sermon, he addresses the flip side of our lives, what we do in secret. And he pinpoints three things, how generous we are with our money how we pray and how we fast. And each of these instructions in this this part are essentially put in a negative way. It's when you give money, when you pray, when you fast, don't do it in a certain way. And in each case, it's don't do it in uh, the way that would be to show off to other people. That's what he's concerned that we don't do. And why is he doing that? Well, the point is obvious, isn't it? These are to be necessarily secret things. What Jesus is doing is he is driving down to the core of our lives, who we are in secret. He's been hinting at it all along. His point throughout has been, yes, your lives are to shine out in honour of your king, but they're not going to do that if you just attend to the surface of things, to your public actions. No, righteousness is much deeper than that. It's not just in our words. And in our actions, it's in our hearts and it's in our minds. It doesn't just involve what we do uh, uh, when we have an audience. No, it's built on what we do when we were alone in private behind those closed doors. I think one of the reasons uh, for this is that when nobody else is watching, we find out what we actually believe about the one we think is still watching. Faith in God is a difficult thing to identify. It's a difficult thing to quantify, even in ourselves. I could tell you, I believe in God, but they're just words. I I could be lying to you. I could be lying to myself. I could be fooling myself. How do we know that we actually believe in God, that we believe uh, the things about in the Bible says? One of the uh, ways I think we can find evidence for that is in our secret private lives. You see, it's very easy to explain 
how we act and why we'd want to act to impress other people. We know other people are there. We, we can see the, the benefits of getting other people's approval. And I think that's what Jesus is getting at in all the warnings in these passages. He spotted these people who loudly announced, I'm giving to charity or uh, I'm praying. Or like he said here, people who kind of deliberately look really miserable and disheveled and like, I'm fasting. Look how holy I am, you know. And and it's it's like he's saying, just don't be like them, obviously. But why is he saying not to be like them? Well, it's interesting that he doesn't deliberately challenge or directly challenge their kind of pride. You might think that would be the issue with those people or expose their insecurity and say, well, why do you have to look for favour from others in that way? No, I think the clue to why he's saying don't be like them particularly is in the word he uses for them. I like we saw in the passage today, he calls them what? He calls them hypocrites. And in the context, he's, what he means by hypocrites is people who are, are acting People who are pretending to be one thing when they are actually another. I think that what he spotted is their lack of faith. These people are people who say, I believe in God. But they're acting in a way that would suggest, I'm not sure they actually do believe in God. The writer of the Hebrews, uh, in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, puts it like this. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. He's saying this, that if you sincerely seek God, the creator of the universe, the one who loves you more than any human parent could love you, and the one who has all the resources of everything at his fingertips, he will reward you. That's a pretty significant prospect now surely that would be enough if you believe that to be the case that would be enough that'd be enough reward for you i mean if you believe that would actually happen the last thing you'd be thinking of is impressing the people around you i mean why bother looking for rewards from them when you've got look at you've got rewards from him i think that these acts of righteousness done for the approval of others demonstrate these people don't actually believe that God rewards those who sincerely seek him or even perhaps that he exists in the first place it's a bit like they've come to the conclusion well there's no God or uh, I don't think God's going to help do anything when I pray or fast or give away so well the approval of others is the best I can get I suppose but the thing is that the writer of the Hebrews is just parroting Jesus isn't he if you sincerely seek me in private through giving, through prayer and through fasting, Jesus is saying, your father will reward you. I guess the question for us is the same as the question for Jesus' hearers. Do we believe what Jesus says? Do we believe it? Now, I, I could leave it there. But I think it would be good to linger on the nature of this reward that Jesus talks of for a few minutes. What kind of reward are we talking about here? And in a minute, I'm going to introduce uh, you to some of my friends to throw some added wisdom into the mix. Uh, and I'm going to hone very firmly in on the practice of fasting, which is what this talk is about. But I'd like to just share before that one uh, reward from God that I've noticed from both prayer and fasting um, that I've experienced in my life. And if I could sum up that reward, it would be that fasting uh, punctuates my life with meaning. 
Let me talk about prayer and fasting, uh, particularly prayer. We, we could be talking about uh, an isolated actions that we do spontaneously at some point or another. And obviously, when we pray the wonderful thing with God, you can pray anytime, any place, all of those, those things, that's possible. But in my mind, all of the teaching in the Bible uh, on these subjects talks to me, underlying it is it's talking about, as well as spontaneously praying and fasting, it's actually building uh, rhythms into my life. And I found this especially important uh, in this period of lockdown that we've been in. Now, I don't know about you, but I would wake up now most days and it would take me a good minute or so to remember what day it is. That that would be my experience at the moment all the time. Every day is blurring into the next day. Uh, for some of that, that could be your experience because of constant work. That could be your experience because of constant lack of work. For others, it could be a mingling of everything from kind of thousand home, work, family tasks that are happening in the same place at the same time. Um, and everything's merging together, all structures disappearing to our lives. Now, the problem with this is that without structure and rhythm, our lives start to lose any sense of meaning. Everything becomes kind of pointless. And typical response to that would be either we work ourselves into the ground or we drown ourselves in entertainment, food, drink, whatever, to kind of help us to forget the, the seeming pointlessness of it all. Now, one key reward of both prayer and fasting for me is that these practices provide a rhythm to my life. And by doing so, they stop me sliding into this meaningless blur of moments slipping into moment and day slipping into day and week slipping into week. And suddenly you're like, whoa, it's August. I thought it was April. So very practically then in my daily routine, I put aside time to pray. And that's been a, a, a rhythm, a try daily rhythm I, I've put in for, for many years. But increasingly, as I've got older, there's a few of these kind of greys have come out, which I might uh, edit out on Final Cut Pro later. But anyway, uh, we'll get back to that in the editing suite. But as I got a bit older, I found another rhythm particularly helpful. I found that to keep my eyes fixed on the king and to keep living in a way that pleases him, yet putting aside regular time each day is helpful, but also putting aside whole days to focus on him in a more concentrated way is also really helpful. Now, in this case, I'll be honest, I, I don't have a strict pattern for this. It's not like every Monday I, I would fast or anything, but I'm trying to do this more and more to set aside a day whenever I need to. And probably at the moment that looks like two or, or three times a month. Uh, and basically, to, I want to give that day to God. I want to put aside more time to, to pray and to read my Bible uh, on that day. I often would pray for a specific thing on that day. And couching all of that and uh, marking that day off would be, I wouldn't eat any food. I would fast on that day. Now, the fasting bit, well, what does that do? How does that work? Well, very practically, it would free up time to pray because <laughs> eating meals takes time, you know. Um, but it does more than that. It, it sets out the day as special. At the beginning of the day, I'm really saying to God this. I'm saying this day is for you. I, I know every day is for God. It, it, every day is the day the Lord has made. But I'm saying in a special way, God, this day is for you. I'm devoting this day for you. This day is not about having fun. This day is not about chilling out or whatever other banal descriptions I, I may give to a generically good day. No, God, this day is for you. 
And actually, those days often aren't very fun. Uh, and they often cannot be very chilled out as well. They can be very tiring days. But you know what? Living my life with regular days like that reminds me why I'm alive. It gives me my bearings. It reminds me that there is more to live for than my appetites and desires, than my comfort and my leisure. There's even more to live for than my friends and family and work accomplishments. They imprint on my mind and on my heart that I'm a servant of King Jesus. And that's the center of everything that I am and everything that I do. And to keep my mind focused on that truth is a wonderful reward from God. But like I say, different people do fasting differently. And so as I've mentioned, I've decided to ask some wise friends whose relationships with God inspire me uh, and who also fast. Um, I'll ask them to share their wisdom on this matter. And first up, we have my good friend, George Gakuta, who's from Church Central North. And I uh, interviewed him on Zoom earlier this week. George, good to see you. Um, so what would be the rewards of fasting in your experience? For me, it's um, another touch point in my relationship with, with God. Um, yeah, Jesus is described as a man of sorrows. Um, so that's one aspect of um, of his experience or personality that I um, get to experience when when I'm fasting, um, and that he he suffered, and I'm suffering. So I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm going through, um, and yeah, it just gets me in a position where I think I feel closer to God and more dependent on him and I feel that my yeah my pride you know, pride of life and and yeah it's just washed away because I feel really yeah dependent and and needy and and hungry and I fill me up Lord I can't fill my desire with food but fill me up with yourself fill me up with your presence in a nutshell just the reward has been yeah closeness to god and the feeling that um he's close by and uh, able to to help me so what um what advice might you give to people who have never tried fasting but are thinking of doing it how how would you advise to get started my advice would be to start small and start uh, slowly start by skipping one meal and um, see how you get on and uh, yeah fill that time with with with, with prayer or put on a, a song or worship just intentionally get out of go out of your way to devote the time to God and to um, to be praying and asking for his presence and um, focusing on him any other practical tips that you can uh, that we can glean from you george if you're going to be around people when you're fasting um brush your teeth more <laughs> frequently uh maybe deep flossing as well will help um, because um yeah when you are without food sometimes the, the bacteria in your mouth is just goes oh um happy days and it may reproduce a lot faster and therefore 
uh, practically, you know, your breath will not be very um, welcoming. Um, and also when you're starting out, don't do strenuous exercise, work, work around your schedule. Um, that means you are not doing anything that's too taxing when you're starting out. Great. What's particularly good about this interview, George, is that your white background and your white shirt sometimes just fade in. So you look like suddenly you're just going into heaven all of a sudden. So everyone's <laughs> doing well. George is in heaven. He's the heavenly voice. Um, final question then. Um, for yeah. those that passed already, um, how do you think uh, could they push further into this spiritual discipline? Fasting longer? In the past, yeah, I, there was a time I did a, a long fast, and that was it was difficult, and um, but a lot more rewarding. Um, I think I suppose in these days, when when with more responsibility, you mm. just can't um, sort of have the luxury as a way of doing that because you need to be available for for people you're supporting or for for jobs that you need to be doing um but especially for for students yeah i did this back in my stu stu student days uh, when you don't have too many responsibilities um i'd say you know go for it um, um a, a longer fast but for those who are doing it maybe more frequent as well uh would 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 help so that it becomes um, not an occasional high that you go for spiritually, but something that you're consistently um, developing and um, growing in consistently. Thanks, George. Great job. Um, one more. I think you've got time for one more. We could do one more of these, can't we? I, I always interviewed on Zoom uh, two people who I, I guess would have shaped uh, me in this area, and probably in most areas, more than anybody else has. You may know them as James and Doreen Meller, uh, I would call them mum and dad. Uh, they're my parents. And I've interviewed them uh, too, and here they are. Uh, what rewards have you found from fasting in your lives? I think several things. Um, I think it's a great way, personally, for me to, to humble myself because it exposes how much of my life is propped up with food and just feeling well and happy like that. Um, I think one of the, I don't get much out of fasting when I'm fasting. I usually feel terrible. I hate fasting in, that, in a physical sense, but I usually find fantastic spiritual benefits when I've finished fasting, i.e. that is really feel closer to God. I feel exhilarated usually. And I've seen some great answers to prayer. I remember one of my colleagues at work who had some problems. I, we, start, we started fasting and praying for her and she got saved. And I can think of another young person who um, had problems with sort of demon um, prob issues and they got delivered after we fasted for them. So um, practicalities then, what advice would you give to people who um, have never fasted before but are thinking of getting started? <laughs> I, I think I'd say don't start with a three-day water fast. Uh, which I tried What's that? Do. What's a three-day water fast? Um, fasting just with water. water. Oh, okay, yeah. For three days, um, I'd never fasted before, um, ended up nearly fight, uh, fainting. Uh, I was a district midwife on a bicycle, so that wasn't very appropriate. So start with something manageable. Start with a 24-hour period. Uh, decide whether you are going to do one day 
Uh, don't think I'm going to do one day and then maybe I'll do two days or maybe I'll do three days. You have got to decide I'm either going to do three days or I'm going to do one day or I'm going to do two days. So um, what about any other general fasting tips? If you are on medication, don't give up your medication. That's really important. So keep going with that. When, when I had small children, uh, so you're going to be cooking for your children, you may be shopping. Uh, of course, there's more online shopping these days. It's very hard to go around a supermarket when you're fasting uh, because you're hungry and you want to buy something. So uh, do your food shopping for the family beforehand. Uh, one thing I would find uh, was if I was premenstrual and I was fasting and I had the children, it wasn't a good combination. You want to do it at a time of the month that you are more peaceful and quiet. Cool. So what, what about um, for those who have fasted before, um, how can we, they push further into the discipline? There's regularity. So for instance, you could set yourself to do one day a week or you could set yourself to do a three day fast, say once a month, mm. or you could go for a seven day or longer, anything up to 40 days. So what would be, uh, for 40 days, that's reasonably uh, extreme. Um, I would imagine there would need to be some, <laughs> some other precautions made, or would you just say, go for it? Doing a longer fast, you probably need to do it with someone else, husband and wife, for instance. Or if you're a single person, I would definitely suggest you try and at least pair up with someone, even if they're not fasting, at least to pray with you, encourage you, keep an eye on you basically to, get, to help you keep going. Because it is tough. Mm. Um, it's great to be able to do it with someone else. Mm. Uh, would that be 40 days without any food at all? Well, and again, then you've got to also think of how you're going to you're going to have to plan your fast. the longer the fast i think the longer you have to more planning you need to do before you do it so you're going to say right i'm going to do say a 21 day fast right i'm going to start on such and such a date say the first of september or something i'm going it 21 days right i'm going to have to plan this i'm going to have to tailor taper off my eating for a few days before i start probably so that could be the first three days of your fast say you could just go on to bread and soup or something like that and maybe at the end of the fast you could also bring back your eating slowly rather than just go straight onto a big curry or something mm -hmm. again go back say to bread and soup for the last three days that sort of thing um planning it and then you need to be thinking of right what actually how what does a fast mean okay i'm not going to have any food for the say the middle 14 days whatever it is um but what drinks am i going to have am i going to have just water juice um do i have tea and coffee okay i think those so, are the main things so it's something it's something to plan you just don't if you're doing yes. a, a big undertaking like that i mean i guess but probably i may be wrong but probably for most people listening this will seem like completely out of their ballpark. Why do you think we should, because there's a lot of planning that goes in, there's, there would be health concerns for some people, you have to check with, with different things and we get the soup and then we have the food. Why, why would we bother? Why would we go to all of that effort? Well, I think God has got special reward for us when we seek him with our whole hearts. And I think fasting is one means of seeking him with your whole heart. And I think the benefits for us have been fantastic. I mean, we've done some longer fasts, um, and I would say 
the reward from it was basically a fantastic sense of God's presence at the end of it and a sense of joy and excitement in God. Um, and then also there is real power released in it. I don't understand that. I don't know why fasting and praying is more powerful than praying. I haven't the faintest idea what that is, but it, it, it really does affect. It smashes things open. It pulls down strongholds. It sees breakthrough um, in nations as well as just people. So I think really go for it. Thank you, George. And thank you, mum and dad. Brilliant. Thank you so much for getting involved. Well, I hope you get the picture. We've not tried to sugarcoat anything. Fasting is not easy. Uh, you need to think through practicalities when you fast. And there may be significant obstacles to fasting. And then just to underline again, those with serious health conditions, some of the longer fasting options uh, may not be appropriate or possible uh, to you. But even with those things said, the testimony of my friends uh, and of mine, my testimony, I guess, would be uh, in profound ways, fasting brings God's rewards to us. For some of you, I hope uh, you'd be challenged and encouraged to start and fast for the first time. Uh, for others, and for me, I guess speaking personally, as I did those interviews, I'm challenged to consider whether I should think about doing longer fasts, whether that might be a good idea. And I'm going to take that away from this talk. But all in all, to summarise everything, I, I think I'd put it like this. If we long for God's presence and power, if we desire a new closeness to him and an enhanced dependency on him, if we find that we need to resharpen our sense of purpose and meaning, my experience and the experience of my friends would be that praying and fasting is one of the ways God gives us to do those things. Why not give it a try? Thanks so much for listening.